yeah. imposter syndrome is something that you've experienced. I think we've all experienced that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vanessa McKenzie, a brand new man. and I help entrepreneurs gain the mindset, messaging, and visibility to unapologetically show up and build their brands. So how do you build your brand from the inside out? This is the Elevate Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm here today with Hannah Stainer, and she is a mental well-being coach supporting women to feel better about themselves and their lives. And totally believes that when we show up for ourselves, we can show up more for others. And I know you guys have heard me say that before. So please welcome Hannah. Hannah, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, I know you're in the UK, right? I am in the UK, yeah. Yeah. 10.30 at night. (laughs) 10.30 at night, yeah. Yeah. And we're recording US time, East Coast time at 5.30. So Hannah has graciously stayed up after... (laughs) And a very exciting day of work and walking her dog today that we just talked about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, is here to share with us all, we're going to talk all about mindset today and we're going to talk about embracing your weirdness (laughs) and just embracing you, embracing who you are. Um, So Hannah, tell us a little bit more about yourself and who you help and why you help them. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, first of all, so much for having me on your show. And yeah, so I am a mental well-being coach, mindset coach, and that's really all about, as you said, helping people to really connect with who they are and and feel okay about who we are. Because I think so many of us, if we really examine how we feel about ourselves, we are not not in a good place with ourselves. It's not not a great relationship and we can be so critical and and I you know even up to a couple of years ago hated myself honestly and that's a strong word but really the best word to describe how I felt and my background is uh, kind of education so I was a teacher I taught psychology um, before I I made this move into coaching and mental health um, is my big interest and I know that's a word again that has a lot of uh yeah, it's laden with a lot of meaning. So I tend to talk mm. about mental well-being because I think that is something all of us can think about. We think about our well-being generally with our physical well-being or spiritual or whatever. And mm. mental well-being is just the same. It's just thinking about how you can look after yourself to really, yeah, be able to show up for your life, to really live your life fully. Because yeah. I think, yeah, it's so easy to get either caught up in the past and regrets or I shouldn't have said that I shouldn't have done that or to get caught up in the future worrying about what's going to happen yeah and it's so it's really about helping people just be in the in the now and really be able to do the things they want appreciate life and just really live it yes yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's funny you said said those like just the that exact phrase like we get stuck in the past or consumed with the future um I just had that conversation and, mm. you know, said to somebody, you know, when you're overwhelmed, you're thinking about everything that's going to happen or everything that you want to do or, or where you're not at yet. Right. Mm. Like it's all about the future. And when you're, you know, usually angry or even possibly frustrated, it's usually has to do with something that's already happened or something that, that 
you know, um, you've tried and didn't work or something to that effect, like past. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah ab- ab- absolutely. And I think, you know, particularly the thing with the future and, you know, I like to plan, <laughs> a bit of a planner, although then I'm quite impulsive yeah. at the same time. Uh, you know, so I'm not saying not thinking about the future, not looking ahead, but if we get so caught up in it, we're thinking about something that isn't real yet. It's a, it's a complete fantasy. And so mm. sometimes, and I, I do this, I've, I've experienced anxiety and we can kind of talk about that a little bit mm. if you like as well, that you can get so caught up in these things that could happen, but they haven't yet and they might not. <laughs> so we can right. get really worked up about things that just aren't real. Yeah. They are to us, they feel really real, but they're not here yet. And if you can kind of disconnect from that and just focus on what is happening now, then then that can really help with with that. Yeah. Yeah, because really all we have is the present. Yeah. <laughs> it, Absolutely. Seriously, yeah. that's like that is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. all we have is this second. Like you cannot go back and see five seconds ago. And you can't go forward and see five seconds from now. Like you have no idea what's going to happen and you have no control over what's already happened. So all you really have control over is this second right here, right now. Yeah. And we lose that. It's, it's so easy to lose that because so easy. Yeah. Because that, you know, we're thinking about, you know, especially, you know, my audience, they're, where do I want my business to go? I want, you know, I want this, 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 and this. And we're thinking about all the things that either we want, which is great. Definitely think about what you do want because we want to think about that, but don't get so consumed with it that you're, you know, not being present and actually doing the dang thing like right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like you said, yes, you want to be looking ahead because that's how you're going to grow your real business. But actually, Mm -hmm. if you're so focused on that, you can miss out on opportunities that present themselves to you in the moment. So, for example, tomorrow I've got a a really random (laughs) Zoom call with someone about that. It's like an app developer kind of talking about wellness and it's completely out of the box thing. But it was just a connection. Someone said, are you interested in having a chat? Who knows what will come from it, but it could be a really exciting opportunity. And just by being in the moment and being open to it, it's, it, you know, it could, could lead to nothing. It could lead to something exciting. So yeah, being open in the moment to those opportunities and not completely focused on the end goal. And um, there's, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched any of Tim Minchin's kind of comedy or or speaking, if you know who Tim Minchin is. Um, I don't. <laughs> he's he's um, Australian musical comedian, although I think he, yeah, he lives in the UK now, I think. Um, mm. But he did a, a kind of university commencement speech. Um, I can't remember what university, but he does talk about this, this kind of um, idea of being wary of having such a strong focus on that end point, because sometimes you can be striving for that so much, that one big goal that you miss all this amazing stuff that mm-hmm. could happen in between. So yes, have mm-hmm. goals, but yeah, don't focus on that one big thing at the, the um, exclusion of everything else, because you know, I think we can do this sometimes as well. You know, if you ever have been living for the weekend, maybe, maybe not so much now, 
Um, but living for that weekend or that big holiday or all that kind of stuff and almost like wishing your life away a little bit because it's, it's that one big thing that's going to bring me joy and I'm, I'm going to, you know, yeah. I'll be happy at that time. But then when you're in it, you're focusing on, I have to go back to work or, um, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and I just think that's, that's not really a life. And actually, if you can flip it so that actually every day I'm going to find things within this day that are going to bring me joy, that are going to give me that little boost. That's just such a better headspace to be in so much more enjoyable. And actually what I found for myself is when I'm in that headspace of being just more kind of lit up, I'm way more productive anyway. <laughs> so it has this positive knock on effect for, for business yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, being, being an employee, which, you know, most of us have been mm. because that's what society told us we were supposed to do, right. Was to go get a job and work and get a paycheck. And, you know, some people love it. Some people love it and that's okay with them. And that's awesome. You know, if it's not sucking your soul out, <laughs> 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 to your job every day, then that's awesome. If you love your job and that's amazing, not everyone is built to be an entrepreneur, right? And mm. not everyone's built to be an employee. You know, we can go both ways with that. But I yeah. do know that the people that are miserable in their jobs are usually the people that are, you know, there is more for me. I know mm. that I can have, be, do more than what I'm yeah. doing right now. Like this can't be life, right? Mm. Um, but even if you do have to go to a job every day for now until you, you know, get your business off the ground or you find that thing or that other job that is, you know, your purpose, your calling, your joy, then do find that little piece of joy in every day. I just what Hannah said. I mean, that's an amazing tip right there that we don't think about either because you're right. We're so focused on, is it Friday yet? Is it Friday yet? And then when it's <laughs> Friday at five o'clock, we're like, woo, we get two days. And like Saturday morning, we're like, oh my God, we only have a day and a half before we get to go back to work. And like, yeah. that's your focus the whole weekend. It's like, you're just focused on, you know, the crappy part of <laughs> mm. Like thinking about what you have to go do. And that's a great example because in business and when you don't have that job and it's your business, you don't want to be thinking about, oh, you know, I have to, the ones I hear about the most are, I have to, you know, sign this many clients this week or this month. I have to make this much money this month. And it's like, you're always in that lack and scarcity mode. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that might be true. It might be <laughs> to sign this many clients, but if you focus it on it in, uh, in, I guess, in a negative way of the, oh. the pressure, it makes it harder. And that affects your energy, doesn't it? Of, yeah. um, of how you're showing up and how you're interacting because you're feeling that pressure and yeah, just having these little moments that give you that boost and, and kind of not to sort of diminish how important it is to to sign clients but if you're just kind of enjoying the process as well and you're like talking to people and it's not so much the pressure it's just I'm going to enjoy this conversation and see what happens mm -hmm. it's probably more likely to result in a client because 
you're exactly. in yeah you're coming across better you're more relaxed you're more warm you're more approachable because it's not so pressured so yeah just these little moments and they don't have to be big put on a favorite song and have a kitchen dance party that is a personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know yeah my, my walks with my dog or you know a quick call to someone or just whatever works for you just these small moments of joy and if you can having some slightly bigger things kind of planned in so you've got things to look forward to and I think one thing that particularly for people who are as you said starting their own businesses and working for themselves I think we don't stop to celebrate our successes because we can be so focused on where we're going yeah but actually appreciating how much you have achieved already is Mm -hmm. so so powerful yeah and you know I will bet you that you know you are not the same person who you were even the week before because we learn every day we learn every day and we do things differently every day and we show up differently every day you know better like the I always tell my clients just you know when you wake up in the morning say to yourself you know how can I enjoy this day, first of all? Second of all, how can I just be just a little bit better than yesterday? Mm. Like, it doesn't, you don't have to make quantum leaps. I mean, if you make quantum leaps, great, but people are focused on, like, I got to get there fast. <laughs> you don't have to get there fast. And you're not, if you're building a sustainable business, you're not going to get there fast. Mm. Because... Yeah sustainability does not mean quick by any stretch of the word. Yeah. Sustainability means you build sustainable relationships to build a sustainable business. Yeah, absolutely. And and relationships take time. It's very rare for us to connect with someone and have that really, uh, yeah, really deep connection straight away. It's not that it doesn't happen, but it can take time. And depending what your business is, some, Mm So mine, I tend to work with people when they're at their most vulnerable. Mm. That takes time. <laughs> they don't just like, you know, oh, this person will do. It's really about the relationship. So yeah. that's something I have to remind myself sometimes if I'm networking and people seem to get lots of clients and thinking, well, an accountant, yes, you need to trust them and, and all of that. But that is very different to I'm going to open up about my really deep stuff <laughs> I'm yeah. going through. It's, it's a different yeah. type it's of It's like saying, saying to somebody you just met, oh, sit down so I can crack open your soul and we can talk. Yeah, about <laughs> yeah that, that takes time <laughs> yeah. to get to that point. And, and even after a lot of time, it's really hard for us to be open about it. So it's still difficult. But I love that uh, when you said about that, thinking about how you can get better uh, each day, is that there's a really simple but powerful reframe you can do rather than thinking like, what am I going to achieve today? Which, as I've said it, that is a question. And my whole point was <laughs> asking yourself a question, but yeah. a different one of just like what's possible. And mm. so I have, I have an example of this. I um, New Year's resolutions and I uh, often have set them and not been great <laughs> following mm. them. And in 2019, which was for me a real transition point in my own mental health and in my own journey uh, that kind of set me on my my path to where I'm at now, rather than setting a resolution of something I was stating that I would achieve, I just asked myself two questions. And they were, what happens if I don't give up? Mm. 
and what happens if I stop caring what people think? Yes. And that's not to say <laughs> that there aren't times still when I care what people think. Yeah. Because that's natural. That's, we're, you know, we're a social creature. That is natural. Mm-hmm. But asking myself that question and reminding myself and bringing it back to that, of what happens if I just don't care what this mm-hmm. person thinks? And probably not a lot <laughs> is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because I, I know people pleasing is something that we're going to touch on, which I think is something for a lot of us, we can be so concerned about other people's opinions and what people are going to think of us. And a lot of the time, people aren't thinking about you <laughs> that way they're thinking about themselves yeah and and often I think we do things because we're like well we have to do this for this person or I'm doing it for you and I, I kind of think a lot of the time either one they don't notice mm-hmm. two they don't care three mm-hmm. they may just be tolerating what you think you're doing for them because they don't want to have a conversation about the fact that they don't like it so yeah. you're telling yourself I'm doing this for you but actually it's it's not for them it's it's for you and your own view and actually if you can separate from that and just think well what am I doing for for me or it's not to say you can't do things for other people and obviously uh show love and caring for other people but if we're doing stuff just out of a sense of obligation just examine that because probably (laughs) it's all in your head a little bit and that they don't really mind Yeah, exactly. And, you know, out of obligation in your personal life and could be in business as well. But, you know, when this comes to like, you know, with my clients, I help them show up as their true selves, right? Mm -hmm. Like you put yourself out there and do it unapologetically. Right. And like people hear that and they like cringe. They're like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what? Uh, And it really just comes down to, but what are one, what are people going to think of me if I do that? And two, I don't even know who I am. Mm. You know, (laughs) yes. And that's a subconscious one right there because I think that fear is almost like, but I, I don't even, I don't really even know because we've just been, you know, conditioned and trained our whole lives to be a certain way right I think there's so much external noise of the expectations and the shoulds and and all of that that it is so easy to lose yourself in that and absolutely that that kind of first step of really showing up on unapologetically of yourself as yourself Mm. you need to know (laughs) who you are yeah and so there's a process of, of reconnecting with yourself to kind of figure out who you are like what do I actually believe in what do I actually like and um how do I function best and yeah learning learning to trust yourself Mm -hmm. um is yeah the first step and I also for that idea of I can't even talk today (laughs) (laughs) unapologetically being yourself so something that really helped me actually is I had a uh, a friend and a colleague that I worked with and she was this may be a very British analogy, but she was like Marmite. So she was like love-hate type person. Some okay. people loved her. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so yeah it's like a, some people love it some people hate it so she um she was just herself she was kind of loud quite brash sometimes mm-hmm. fun loving you know really free spirited I mean where I live in the UK we're kind of near Glastonbury and she is like always at the festival and like that's her kind of how she is mm-hmm. and actually working with her and being friends with her and actually seeing she's just her she mm-hmm. doesn't really care <laughs> she's not mm-hmm. intentionally cruel or anything like that but she's just her and some people maybe don't like it but they kind of respect that she's herself and some mm-hmm. people love her and actually the things that are kind of maybe quirky or more that maybe I don't think she does but maybe she would see as flaws if she was doing this uh, over an- self-analyzing that we do they're the yeah. things that people really appreciated about her because they're the things that make us unique and so actually seeing someone really living it and there might be someone you know who does that or it might be that you can kind of think of someone that you know you know in the public space that Mm -hmm. is just unapologetically themselves and seeing that they have people around them and then just thinking well why can't I do that (laughs) and you know one of the things I say about myself is that I am an introverted uh, socially awkward (laughs) weirdo (laughs) and massive geek and do you know what, as I've, you know, leaned into that and embraced my weirdness and my quirks, I felt more comfortable. I felt my connections with people much, uh, they've been much deeper because I'm just showing up as myself because I've got to a point and this can be difficult. I think it builds on from that knowing yourself piece is being Mm. okay with yourself. And I think if you are okay with yourself, you're able to kind of weather it a little bit more if you're another british analogy if you're not everyone's cup of tea yeah we do have that that analogy yeah. yes. yes i think you know if you're in that place of, of hating yourself then it's so hard if someone doesn't like you or someone says something but if you're in a place where you're like do you know what i'm okay with who i am i'm not perfect but i'm okay then if yeah. someone doesn't like you it's much easier to go oh well <laughs> it is yeah you know? yeah yeah easier maybe not completely easier yeah I mean sometimes it will still sting a little bit even if even if you don't know that person like if somebody says something online that's like hurtful or whatever it it's okay for it to to have that sting you know what I mean because we're human that's a human reaction and but sit with the feeling that you're having for a minute and Mm -hmm. figure out why you're having it I think that's really important because a lot of times it's not because, you know, you think that person doesn't like you or they don't agree with what you said. It's because you feel like now, you you know, maybe you don't fit in with that person. So it's like a tribal thing almost, you know what I mean? Like I want to be part of the tribe. Everybody has to like me. Mm. And, 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 you know, we're not going to fit in with everybody's tribe. We need to fit in yeah. with our own tribe, like, and create our own tribe of the people that are, you know, like us. Yeah. There's a, there's a saying, um, isn't it? That, you know, if you try and please everyone, you please no one because it's just yeah. not, <laughs> just not possible. Um, and yeah, I was going to say that, uh, yeah, if you notice those feelings of, of feeling hurt or upset because someone said something, I think that is, a really interesting thing to explore and to think about what it is is there a particular thing that you're concerned that they don't like about you because that can tell you stuff about yourself and how you're feeling about yourself because probably 
the thing that you think of is something that you have your own anxieties on or insecurity about yeah yeah Yeah. so so for me I you know when I was younger for for a long time you know being like smart was my my that was my thing and that Mm kind of gave me a boost I had to sort of you know be be smart and we I think we all have things like that that like we have to be this to have some kind of worth Mm. and then I would maybe be that kind of you know over the top (laughs) talking all the time and sharing what I know and (laughs) now I'm very mindful of that in um in situations in kind of group situations and I tend to hold back maybe sometimes too much because I'm kind of counteracting it but Mm. if you automatically go oh my god I've said too much they don't like me that's my own insecurity so that's informative for me to to know that but also another thing that's really useful to observe is if someone really frustrates you that probably (laughs) mirrors something that frustrates you about yourself as well exactly yeah yeah. i was gonna say that it's it's some kind of a reflection yeah 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 and that's hard for people to hear too they're like what do you mean like i don't like that person because they're this this (laughs) and this i'm not that well take a look because there's probably something, you know, that you're, because, you know, it reflects back to you in a, I don't want to say negative, but I'll use the word negative, negative <laughs> way where it makes you feel something, not happiness. <laughs> That's mm. not happy, you know? <laughs> That's not like, oh, I want to get to know that person. It repels you. Yeah. Then, um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to like everybody because you don't. But no. there's usually something that is uh, being reflected back to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I had, I did have one of these a few weeks ago. I was in like a group thing and there was someone and my example for my insecurity of kind of talking a lot, this person was doing that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> just <laughs> no. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's my issue. That's not them. That's me. Yeah. And I'm just projecting my stuff onto them and I think that's something that we do and so yeah anytime I think that we have a a really kind of big emotional response to someone you know when you're able to reflect on that because it will probably tell you something really interesting about yourself Mm -hmm. maybe uncomfortable (laughs) to explore but really valuable yeah well and you know when we get uncomfortable exploring ourselves that just means that we're growing Mm. so get as uncomfortable as you can really yeah you know (laughs) that's what I say (laughs) and you know earlier when we were talking about um you know like showing up as your full self and not really knowing who you are sometimes Mm. a really good um tip for that is you know figuring out what your core values are Mm -hmm. because those core values are something that you just automatically do like you just live from those values every day. Mm. So think about what traits you have or the behaviors that you project into the world every day without even thinking about it. Mm. <laughs> like that, This is something that I walk through with my clients too, because you have to know these things in business. You have to know that so that you can do a lot of different things, but mainly so that your audience understands you. You're like, you have to understand what your core values are so that your audience understands what you stand for and where you, where you are. Right. 
So, so having those and knowing what those core values are is super important to attracting your clients. Mm -hmm. But it's also super important in understanding who you are. Yeah. Like I remember when I did these, it's, it was a, you know, I had to come up with three or Mm -hmm. three to five of them. I mean, and now I know that my core values are connection, accountability, and empowerment. Like Mm. those three things I do like I breathe. Mm. And that comes through in my brand, in the way I coach, in the way I, you know, photograph everything, like in the way I talk to people. Mm. Even my kids, my kids don't like the (laughs) accountability part, but... (laughs) I think I've, I've probably got five, uh, I guess in my business. And I, I did this activity of figuring out my, my values. And it's something that I, that I do with clients as well. Mm. And actually I would encourage people to return to it periodically because when I did it, (laughs) I have words come up that never been on my radar before. So joy is one of my values. And I talk about it all the time on my podcast. I ask people a question about it. I use a couple of my, um, meaning is another one of mine and so I ask people about that as well and so my my company is completely these are my personal values this is what my company's values are so it's very easy but yeah joy had just not been on my radar at all Mm. probably a lot because it yeah it wasn't it wasn't part of my life I'd I'd spent a long time being depressed until I started to kind of heal from that and then actually having that focus now joy is yeah one of one of my core values so yeah I would encourage you to occasionally return to it because it might surprise you that sometimes they might shift as as you said we grow we change and exactly yeah yeah Yeah. and our businesses will too yeah absolutely as we do so will our businesses and you know everything that we do because we're learning like no matter no matter what if you're actively learning like literally taking a course or reading or listening to a podcast or whatever, like you're actively learning, but you're inactively learning constantly. If you're awake, you're inactively learning, Mm. you know, like your surroundings, your, you know, the decisions that you make, the outcomes of those, those decisions, consequences that happen because of an action, like you're not going, okay, I'm going to, learn what consequence comes if I do this today or Mm. right now. Like you're not saying that consciously, but that's what you're doing. Yeah. So you're literally a walking learning machine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's so true. And, you know, and I think that, uh, coming back to my sort of my question, New Year resolutions, one one of the things that I did that that really has helped me, not just personally, but in my business, is this idea of kind of experimental living, and it's this idea of just giving it a go, like an experiment, and just seeing what happens. And yeah. you know, you're just constantly trying, you're testing stuff. It is like a science experiment, and all of that is about testing things and failing and adapting, and and having that shift of I'm just going to try stuff and see what happens, and when I was launching my business, I worked with a business coach and she asked me the most powerful question, (laughs) which was why not? Um, And yeah, I, I'd been saying, Oh, maybe I'll start a podcast. Maybe I'll, but I can't, but uh, you know, I can't. Why not? not? Yeah. That's what I would have said. (laughs) I was like, well, (laughs) 
I got nothing. I got nothing. So I started a podcast <laughs> because mm-hmm. I had like with that question is like why not? And actually, when someone challenged me on it, I was just like, I haven't got any. I haven't got a reason. So if you can ask yourself why not and try out, just like give it a go. Obviously, thinking about safety and, and keeping yourself safe and all of that. But yeah. if it's just my ego might get a bit bruised or it might be a bit uncomfortable. Actually, I've got three situations like that before. I'll probably be okay. I'm going to give it a go and see what happens and kind of treating it as an experiment. It's it's maybe sounds simple as a kind of shift in a a mindset reframe, Mm -hmm. but it is really powerful because then you are almost looking for the the times when you fail to go, all right, what can I learn from that and then move forward? Mm. Um, And that change in focus, yeah, is really, really powerful because then I guess in a way it takes out the emotion from that failure because if we fail, we have all that, is something wrong with me? I'm not good enough, blah, 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 blah stuff. And there's a lot of emotion attached. Whereas if you're doing more of a logical, right, it failed, let's learn from it and move forward. It's easier in a way because yeah, it's more detached from your emotions. It's less personal. Yeah. More, more a learning kind of thing. Yeah. And I think something that a lot of people would have to do to like in their mind to or decide that they're going to do this in order to do something like that. Like in order to treat their life almost as an experiment is which they don't, we don't really have any, anyways, but they would have to give up control. Mm. They would have to surrender to the fact that I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. And I'm okay with that. Mm. But I think to go back to my science analogy, if you think about an experiment, there is a lot of control around the parameters. It's just mm-hmm. the outcome that you yes. can't control. Exactly. So you can kind of set things up. But yeah, like you said, it's just surrendering that that control, that expectation of what is going to come and just having that curiosity. So yeah. if you can reframe in that way, um, but yeah, we, we like this illusion of control and to feel we're in control. Yeah. Um, and it really totally is an illusion. Like when mm-hmm. you're thinking about it, what do I have control over? So ask yourself that question and then sit and think about it for a minute. And the only thing you have control over is your thoughts mm-hmm. and your actions, period. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And, and your choice, you know, to choose to feel differently, see something differently, like, which really just comes back to your actions. But, you know, Hmm. the choices that we have and the actions that we take and how we think, how we choose to think, I think maybe even that's even a better way to put it because you know, our subconscious runs in the background, like Mm -hmm. a computer. It just like goes and goes and goes and goes, Oh, okay. Here's a, here's the situation we're in right now. Let's pull up a file that says, this is close. This is close to that situation. So this is what I think is going to happen. So we we need to act like this. Mm. Like that's how our subconscious works, but it doesn't have to, you can, you know, re train your brain and neuropathways 
to create a different belief. If you know that the belief that you have is limiting or, you know, holding you back somehow. Yeah. And I love talking about the brain. Yes, <laughs> so do I. I. I taught psychology, so it was, you know, I've got a phone brain somewhere uh, in, my, in my home office, actually. Uh, um, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Like, it just fascinates me. Yes. Yeah. We could so, probably talk about that forever. <laughs> but you're so <laughs> right about this, this element of choice. And so one of the examples I like to give, and so if you think of, uh, I don't know, a really important business meeting or, or pitching to a client or something, and mm. you get that feeling, the butterflies in the stomach <laughs> and your mm. heart's racing and the adrenaline's going and you label it and you probably label it as fear. But on a physiological level, excitement is exactly the same. Yeah. So why not <laughs> just label it excitement and see what happens? Because yeah. In the body, the body doesn't know any different. It's the same process, the same thing is happening. It's just, I'm calling it fear. And so that is how I'm going to behave. That's how I'm going to view the situation as a threat. Whereas mm-hmm. if I label it excitement, now it's an opportunity. Now I'm seeing what comes from it. I'm going to enjoy it. And yeah. the first couple of times you do it, <laughs> you might not really believe it, but mm-hmm. yeah, just in that moment choosing, how, how do I feel? What am I going to call this thing? Because yeah, that will, then like you said, that will affect the script that you, that you play out. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what it is. And I've said this many times as well, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, your feelings are just energy. Mm -hmm. Like the feeling that you feel inside your body when you are angry or nervous or scared or fearful or whatever, overwhelmed, whatever it is, that feeling is energy in certain parts of your body that you attach a story to. Mm -hmm. So you can call those feelings, whatever you want. So if you want to call that fear that you feel when you're, you know, Oh my, I'm going to do a discovery call and I'm going to talk to this person and I'm going to offer them something at the end. Like that is scary for people that have not done it a lot right? Mm. That's what they say. That that's how they feel. It's, it's, they're nervous. They're, you know, afraid that they're going to screw it up. They're afraid the person's going to say no. They're afraid they're, you know, subconsciously they're not worth it. And all of these crazy things that we tell ourselves, right? But that's Mm. exactly what we're doing. We're just telling ourselves that. Nobody else is telling you that you're telling you that. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And like we said (laughs) at the beginning that living in the past basically what we're doing is just retelling ourselves all these old stories that yeah. to us they're true even if they are complete nonsense and yeah. and that's what makes it really interesting yeah that we just have these stories we're carrying around with us that you know every time we retell them to ourselves we change them a little bit they get a little bit corrupted and so really we're just telling ourselves fiction because it and it is real to us but yes, we can let go of, of some of those stories or just, I think even just looking at them and thinking that's a story and uh, is it true? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and it's them. so funny because once you understand a limited, what a limiting belief is, mm-hmm. like you will never unsee a limiting belief again. Mm-hmm. You will pick it out every single time in yourself 
and in everybody else. Mm. And I'm not sure if that's a gift or a curse. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> it's so yeah. funny because I'll be watching a movie and somebody will say something and I'm like, oh, that's a limiting belief. <laughs> just a movie. (laughs) Oh, funny. But yeah, you will, you will see it and you will hear it when you, even when you're having conversations with your friends, with your kids, I do it all the time. My kids, they freaking hate it. I'm like, stop telling yourself that they're like, but no, I'm like, no, you're telling yourself that it's full, full, it's full crap. (laughs) And they're like, but I'm like, no, just change, change your story. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. It like really, but the more that like with my own kids, the more, and my clients really too, I push them on those things. I, you know, I'm like, reframe what you just said, because I all, they're always saying to me, if I, or if this, and I'm like, no, reframe, like when this, I, Mm. yeah, I don't ever want to hear you say if, because you're already telling yourself that it may not happen when Mm. you say if. So it's when because it will happen. You want it to happen. It will happen. Mm. Um, and what's the other one that, uh, Oh, always everyone. Like when it's an all inclusive saying, like Mm -hmm. I always do X, Y, Z, like the things that they don't want to do or something. And I'm like, really always, you always do that. Or everybody are, uh, what's the good one? Nobody will pay me to, for mm. this. Really? Nobody. Zero people. Are you sure? You know, like all you do, all you need to do is find the evidence that with one person that that's not true. Mm. And you just busted your entire limiting belief yeah. because <laughs> now it's not true anymore. Yeah. And yeah. you know, my, it's not my acronym for fear, but the one that I use a lot and I don't know who came up with this, but it's my favorite is fear stands for false evidence appearing real mm. because it's really what it is. Yeah, I don't heard that before, but yeah, that's oh. good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. I said that to somebody else and they said another one and I was like, Ooh, that one's good too, but I don't remember what they said. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually have that on a sticky note right under my computer because, you know, fear comes up for all of us. We are human beings. So, you know, I think a lot of us get caught up in the, I call it toxic positivity Mm. where we feel like, like people are, everybody's saying we need to be positive. You need to be positive. You need a positive mindset. You need blah, 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 this and that. So that when that moment that we are, actually human and we have a feeling and it's not positive we're like oh my god i just screwed everything up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i am i mean it's probably too strong to say i'm not a fan of positivity but (laughs) (laughs) that's probably too strong but i'm maybe (laughs) a fan of neutrality so i like to talk about and and i think this you know has an application to sort of the business world as well Mm. but a particular personal level you know, if you if you're starting from this really negative view, and you're trying to jump to like happy all the time, positive, that is a long way. Yeah. So I just want to be okay, 
and I love the word okay because to me it's just this kind of calm neutral peaceful place where yes I can go into those positive moments I will have challenges I'll learn from but I just come back to this calm place of being okay and just being neutral and I think if we're always trying to be positive one it's not possible I don't think it's exhausting yeah yeah, it's exhausting exactly but but also like a spiral downwards (laughs) really so you're not ever really positive (laughs) Yeah, and I also think it's it's not sustainable. If you were that yeah. level of positive all the time, and I look back to when you know when I was depressed for quite a long time, and I was just this flat numb. And actually, if you were happy all the time, it would just be the same. It would just be flat. You wouldn't appreciate it. So it's just not possible. So don't even try <laughs> to be happy all the yeah, time. Yeah, and I, I don't think it would be healthy either. Like you have to feel feelings to work yeah. through them, and for your body to release them. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's that coming back to okay or calm or neutral, whatever you want to call it, that those feelings come up, the positive ones, the negative ones, you're not attached to them, you enjoy them or you learn from them, you let them go and you come back to this calm place. And that has really helped me because <laughs> then yeah. I'm not I'm not staying in the, those kind of negative emotions for too long. I'm not kind of clinging on to this positive or trying to force it. I'm just coming back to I'm okay. So, yeah. 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 And it's okay. You know, just, it's just okay. Right. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay to be okay. And it's okay to have the feelings that, you know, you can be mad. You can be, you know, sad. You can be angry. You can have those feelings. It's what you do with the feelings or, Mm how you like the next thing you do is what's important. Right. And yeah. And I think sometimes our, um, I'm not wanting to be sad or angry and, and not feeling comfortable with it quite often as a learnt thing because, and, and this is maybe something that, that parents maybe relate to a little bit, but you don't want your child to be upset or suffering. So sometimes, and this may have happened you know, with your parents, they're just like, oh, no, 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 you're not upset. You're not angry. It's Mm. fine. Let's distract you. So you never learn to sit with those emotions and that they pass and they they do pass. It's, it's not possible on a biological level to stay in that heightened state for that long. It does subside. And because it's your, your parents kind of anxiety of, I can't handle this powerful emotion. So you're not really feeling it. We, we don't learn that it's okay and we don't kind of get comfortable with that discomfort of it so then when they come up when we're adults it's it's really threatening but they're, they're just feelings <laughs> and right. yes they can really, suck. <laughs> they can really yeah. suck they can be really great but they are not going to last forever it's just not possible yes they'll be intense but then they'll subside and um yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i totally totally agree with that so tell us a little bit more about your podcast. Yeah, so my podcast is called the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast. Uh, very, <laughs> very, uh, uh, you know, I've got a couple of Facebook groups and they're the same. They're just very much this, <laughs> this is what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I uh, have conversations kind of, I guess, uh, similar to this, but, but kind of flipped um, where I have, I guess I have two types of guests that will come on. I'll have one type where someone will come on and they will share their personal experience with mental ill health 
So mm. we've covered uh, PTSD came out today because it's um, PTSD Awareness Month. We've covered mm. bipolar. Um, I know I'm going to be talking to someone about schizophrenia at some point, anxiety, that kind of thing. So we're really exploring mental health and kind of challenging the misconceptions around it and offering kind of practical advice. Mm. Uh, and I think hope as well, because these are people who have had a really difficult time and they've got to a place where they're okay and kind of sharing that journey. Yeah. And then the other type of guest are people who are maybe coaches or maybe they work uh, with a particular area or they have a particular topic that in some way is under that mental wellbeing umbrella. So mm -hmm. we've talked about vulnerability. Um, I recorded an interview earlier today actually talking about yoga therapy and kind of what that's like. Mm. Uh, we talked about soft skills and the importance of those. Um, so yeah, quite broad as long as it fits under mental wellbeing. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's helped you in your journey podcasting. It has. Do you know what? I think if you have got an experience that has maybe been quite challenging and this isn't for everyone, um, mm. but if you feel able to talk about it, actually it loses some of its power over you, I think, because mm. it's separate to you. So I talk about my own journey with anxiety and depression and now it's not such a personal thing that's kind of secretive and shameful. It's just, it just is. And I just talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and so, yeah, it doesn't have such an emotional, um, pull on me, I guess. It's, mm. um, it doesn't mean I, you know, I don't still have moments where I'm anxious or low mood, but that period of my life, I, I can talk about, and it's kind of helped me. Yeah. In, in my own journey and talking to a wide range of people is so interesting and, and hearing other experiences. So. Yeah. And, and that's really part of the healing process too, right? Is, yeah. you know, sharing your story when you're ready to share it and listening to other people's story stories and discussing, you know, those things because, you know, your story <clears throat> is your story because, and mm. it feels so personal, like when it's your story, but there are probably hundreds of other people out there that have a very similar story. Like nobody's ever going to have your story and your mm -hmm. journey, but they can have a very similar one and how you, what worked for you and how you worked through that and healed some of those things could change somebody's life. Mm, absolutely. And I think even if the things that work for me don't work, <laughs> don't work for them, hearing someone else who's gone through something similar, it still gives you that kind of hope of, well, they got through it. So why can't I? Yeah. And, and I also think particularly the you know mental illnesses by their very nature are very isolating in that you feel that no one understands you and you, you're the only one going through it and you're all alone. And actually hearing other people talking about it and being able to see the similarities, it, it gives you that sense of it's not just me. And that can be really reassuring. Mm -hmm. It kind well. of goes back to that same tribal thing, right? Yeah. Like, it's almost like you felt like you were an outcast of mm. this societal tribe, like period society period. And then, yeah. Oh my gosh, somebody else is talking about this. Somebody else has yeah. had the same issue. Somebody else has gotten to the other side of this. Mm. I feel included. I feel accepted. I feel some sense of, you know, just, inclusivity now because mm. 
I know somebody else has seen, done, heard this. Yeah. uh, You know, one of the the big things that we want is to feel the sense of belonging and to feel seen. And yeah, when we can hear other people's stories and see that that similarity, we feel seen, we we feel understood. And I've been talking about well-being a lot this week because it's World Wellbeing Week. And one of the, the kind of five main ways that you can boost your mental well-being is about connection mm-hmm. because we are so social and having that sense of belonging, like you said, to, to that group is so important for our well-being. And mm. yeah, and, and, and that's why you should embrace your weirdo <laughs> because, you know, I for a lot of my life felt like a complete social outcast, but actually... Like I said, leaning into my you know, inner weirdo and embracing that means that you can then find other weirdos who have got, um, yeah, a, yeah, Dr. Seuss quote. And it's like uh, something like love is finding people whose weirdness complements yours and falling into this mutual weirdness that we call love, which I love. I love yeah. that idea. Because, yes. Yeah. Because I was just going to say, because, you know, if you never fully, you know, just let yourself be yourself, you're never, I mean, I'm not saying you'll never find them, but you're, it's going to be more difficult to find the people that, you know, are just as weird as you or just as, you know, whatever you are as you, it's going to be more difficult to find the people that resonate with you or you can connect to on a deeper level when you're not embracing who you are. Yeah. And I think it's, it's scary when we're younger because there's a much smaller pool of people when you're in school that there might not be weirdos like you at your school, but when you're an adult, there are a lot of weirdos you can get (laughs) online and and whatever. (laughs) So it's you know it's it's totally possible <laughs> to find your own brand of weirdos um well, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i totally agree with that i mean even if you don't identify as a weirdo like you're a weirdo to somebody right <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. again it's one of those terms isn't it that's quite loaded that some yes. people i think will yeah maybe be listening going i'm not weird um <laughs> yeah Right. No, maybe to you, you're not weird, but to somebody else, maybe you are, but that doesn't, you know, the the word doesn't even matter. It's just the incan. I can't even think of the word. I'm trying to think of right now, but you know what I mean? Yeah. The the word. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, it's really about, I guess, just accepting your own, uh, you know, eccentricities, your own, quirks your own unique things about you and I think that's when I use the term that's what it means to me it's that you know these are the little things that that are unique to me that all together make up who I am Mm -hmm. um yeah exactly yeah so you recorded a webinar yes yeah and tell us a little bit about that because that looks it looks like that's what we're going to be sending people to to learn more about you yeah yeah so i um yeah recorded a webinar sharing my seven top well-being tips Mm. um so if well-being is something and i talk about well-being kind of generally because honestly it's all connected but particularly the mental piece because sometimes that just don't talk about it as much and actually it's so central 
to mm. everything else. If you're trying to improve your physical well-being and you're not using your mind, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's you so need connected. a pulse. Yeah, it's so connected. And so it's my seven tips. And this is from my own experience, my own kind of professional background, but also from all of the guests I've had on my podcast, because I ask them these questions as well and kind of pooling all of that to share my yeah seven top tips uh, to boost your own well-being. Amazing. Do you know the link off the top of your head or is that something we'll just link up? Uh, <laughs> link up. I can send you, I'll send you the link. Perfect. Yes. And then you can, yeah. All right. And so you have a, a Facebook group as well. And it's so spell psyche for everybody so that they understand. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's different. It's weird. Because I was I like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story. Uh, so it's psyche, P-S-Y-K-H-E. Uh, and the reason for this, so K with the K, Psyche was the Greek goddess of the soul and the breath and the spirit. And it's actually the root of the word psych from psychology. I love that. So, and, and her symbol is the butterfly, which is all about transformation. And I just, yeah, came across it. I was like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yep. That's the one. Uh, so yeah. So I have a group on Facebook, uh, which is the Psyche Mental Wellbeing <laughs> Group. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I said, very, does what it says. Uh, And so that's a place just for some peer support to kind of uplift and be supported. And I do actually have a brand new group as well uh, since we we connected. So one of the things uh, kind of combining my teaching background as well as the the well-being is to work with young people as well. Mm. Um, And so I've set up a group for parents, which is really about helping them. To, and this is the name of the group support your child's mental health and well-being oh um, yes yes, yes. So, uh, and because that's so important as well and it's the place again for support and advice and I go live once a week to answer questions and just kind of ramble <laughs> my oh, thoughts that's awesome um, yeah because you know it's it's such adolescence is such an awful time for so many of us because there's so much happening and yeah. I think for, for parents, it can be really difficult to know how to support your child, how to support yourself, how to know, is this just normal kind of teenage stuff? Is it something to be concerned about? And so it's a place for all of that kind of stuff. So that is a very new group. That's a baby group <laughs> at the moment. Awesome. But, That's yeah. great. And, you know, uh, do you know of any or do you do anything with, parents that have very young children because i know between like one like birth and seven like that's mm. really when all of our beliefs are formed and all of our you know yeah so our subconscious is like not set on autopilot yeah. quite yet then <laughs> yeah so i mean the the group i sort of originally pitched it as adolescence but to be honest i've i have um a friend who i studied with I don't know, a while ago <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, her oldest child is 10 and she mm-hmm. said there's still a lot that is really applicable and to be honest when I talk I try and give examples that are more broad so even if you have younger children there will be things that are applicable I think I've taken the word adolescent actually out of the title to kind of mm-hmm. make it more broad and you know my background I trained as a primary teacher so that's from like four uh, mm-hmm. upwards but then I taught uh 18, 19, 20 year olds. So I've kind of taught across the the whole age range. Mm. Um, so um, yeah, I can absolutely yeah, have a go. I'm, I'm pretty uh, clued up on child development, shall we say. So uh, 
yeah even if you've got younger children absolutely come along and if you've got specific questions please ask them and uh, as i said i will do my best to answer them awesome and they can find you at the same psyche coaching on instagram twitter yeah facebook everywhere just (laughs) psyche coaching all one word spelled with the k perfect awesome do you have any last words for anyone listening Uh, Yeah, I do have a a super quick one. And this is something I know we talked about before, but we hadn't mentioned and it's just about imposter syndrome. Mm. And it's super, super quick, uh, something a really uh, powerful thing to remember. So I'm sure can you think of people you know, who are just they they're the kind of people who seem like they know everything and they act like they know everything and you look at them, you go like, you've got no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) you know I'm sure we can all think of people like that and actually you know there is so much to know and we can never (laughs) know everything and I think about psychology and sometimes I get real imposter syndrome like oh I don't know because it's such a big topic and actually the fact that I really know my stuff means that I know that I don't know (laughs) don't know my stuff and so the imposter syndrome actually is natural and what it's telling you is you do know your stuff and you're just aware of how much more you have to learn. Yeah. So instead you should be aware of just thinking, I know everything because <laughs> that's when you're probably in more trouble because you're getting into a really fixed mindset. So if you are feeling imposter syndrome, awesome, because that's totally normal. And it's just because you do know your stuff. So you are just aware of how broad your, your area is, whatever area it is. So yeah. that's my, yeah, my final thing. <laughs> Yes. That, no, that's a great way to look at it. That's a great yeah. reframe for imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause yeah. it's, it is hard to define that because every time someone says to me, oh, I have imposter syndrome, I'm like, Oh, well, you know, more than somebody else, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, more than somebody else and they need your knowledge. So it's like yeah. this, it's like a ladder, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're on one rung of the ladder and the people that need you are on the rungs below you and the people you need are on the rungs above you. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're all like in this together. So yeah, yeah you're going to keep learning. Absolutely. And the people that, you know, don't know what you know, need you to teach them. Yeah. When, if you think about it, if you stop learning and you help those people up the ladder, then they're going to overtake you. You're just going to stay on that rung. So yeah. you have to, have to keep growing. Um, so I think if you can let go of that idea of I need to learn everything and just accept I'm going to keep learning because that it's just not possible to yes. learn it all. And, you know, I know what I know. I'm, I think if you are competent at what you're doing, you, you kind of are comfortable in, in your space. And I find having conversations like this it's really interesting because you can get really in your own head of, oh, I don't, I don't know stuff. And then when you have a conversation, you're like, oh, I sound quite articulate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you can do that and kind of feel comfortable in it, it's like, actually, yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> I know. I know what I'm on yeah. about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we're all doing all right. Right. We all have things. Yeah. to share. We all have things to share. So just go share. Yeah. Like, that's my absolutely. advice. Don't think about it. Just go share it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right, Hannah, thank you so much for coming. And it's got to be, what, 1130 there now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure you're like, okay, I want to go to bed. (laughs) I'm I'm a night owl, right? Yeah. I'm a night owl, yeah. Right. Um, 
guess so it's fine I mean I probably wouldn't um book in uh to to chat to people if I didn't think I could handle it but I probably am more articulate now than I would have been if we did like an early morning UK time oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) good so I caught you at a good time yeah Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, again, thank you. And we'll link all of the, that stuff up in, in the show notes, your Facebook groups and your webinar and all that good stuff. Um, so again, anyone watching, watching, are you watching me? Can you see me? Um, anybody listening screenshot this episode, tag Hannah and I in your Instagram stories and tell us what your biggest aha moment or takeaway was from this episode. And as always, we're here to answer questions. You can DM, message, carrier pigeon, however you'd like to ask us a question. <laughs> and we will be there to answer it. So everyone have a great day, night, whenever you're listening to this. And we'll see you in the next episode.